Hey, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this Monday? All right? Good. Quick announcement uh, regarding Celebrate Service Day this Wednesday. Um, 8.30 in the morning, we're going to begin. We're going to switch the Continental Breakfast and the Chapel Service. Uh, you would have seen it said 9.30 for the breakfast after the chapel at 9. We're going to go 8.30, breakfast in Schrock Plaza. So make a mental note of that. And then 9 o'clock in here for a brief chapel before we depart for our service areas. Two other items. The picnic will be uh, traditionally where it has been outside of Westlawn at 5 o'clock. As a part of the picnic, we are raffling uh, this quilt made by Tamara Shantz. Uh, it has various t-shirts over the years. Uh, and so we are offering it as an option uh, to raise some money for La Casa. Uh, $2 per ticket, three tickets for five. And you can begin to buy those raffle tickets in Student Life today, tomorrow, and then we'll have it available at the breakfast on uh, Wednesday morning as well as at the picnic if you want to buy tickets on Wednesday. If you did not sign up to participate, this is another way you can be a part of Service Day by buying some tickets to raffle. Uh, and then maybe receive this. We're also offering a number of other prizes, uh, Java Bucks, bookstore, gift certificate, a gift certificate to the depot, so on and so forth. So 8.30, Wednesday morning, breakfast, and then the chapel. Celebrate service day. Thanks. Uh, one more announcement. I'm Hannah Eberly, representing Ecopax this morning. Um, and once upon a time last semester, we started a composting pilot project. It may look like there's not been a lot of communication since then. We have been emailing, talking to each other, and figuring out what it means to compost for all of our West Lawn Dining. So today, our student volunteers are on that, and hopefully we will continue to compost throughout the rest of the year. I ask you guys to be patient with us as we work out our kinks, but when you go to the dining hall, you can separate your food into the paper, the meat, and the other receptacles, and that would be great. So we're all on for camp, campus, campus composting this year. Good morning. I'm Dean Rhodes, representing the International Education uh, Department at Goshen College. And it was decided that since there are a number of New students probably in chapel this morning. We would do a very short introduction of what is SST because we're going to be hearing from a group a bit later in the morning about their experiences with SST. Uh, to date, Goshen College service, study service term program has taken more than 7,000 people, just like you, to over 22 countries around the world. It was on September 12, 1968, 45 years and eight days ago that Goshen College sent 52 students on a Greyhound bus to Miami, Florida. That's the way we did it in those days. And um, from Miami, they went to three different locations. The first was to Costa Rica, a Spanish group. The second was to Guadeloupe, a French group. And the third, surprisingly, was to Jamaica. We still have a group in Jamaica, an English-speaking group in those days. Goshen College had just begun an experiment that at the time was nearly unprecedented in U.S. higher education, requiring that all students at Goshen College complete a semester of international education. So for the past 45 years, 
plus eight days. International education has been at the core of our general education requirement. All students take 13 hours of gen ed courses while on SST. Those courses are in language. Uh, the history of the culture that you are working in, living in, cultural studies, the arts, and natural sciences. So you get a broad background of coursework that you take while you're on your location. As the name implies, study service it used to be trimester, but we changed that to term when we lost the trimester, changed the trimester. As the name implies, Goshen College's SST program has two components to it. The first is the study portion, which is a six-week program, usually located in the capital city, but we'll find out this morning, not always in the capital city. Um, it is, it's during this study portion that students participate in field trips, they listen to lectures, you study the language of the culture, all while living with a host family. The second part of the experience is in service, again, study service, where Goshen College students generally, again, but not always, live in a rural area, live in a village, live in a small city, um, and work with an ongoing, for the most part, service organization that has long-term investments, long-term interests in the community that you are serving in. These service assignments have most frequently been in hospitals, clinics, schools, orphanages, after-school programs, agricultural assignments, youth programs, tree forestation, and so forth, a variety of things depending on the interest of you as a student. Often the SST student coming back will speak of the service portion of SST as having been profound. In some cases, uh, life-altering. It for sure opens eyes, it opens your life to, uh, to a new way of life. 22 locations, where have they been? Western Hemisphere, we've been in these locations. The other parts of the world, we've been in these locations. So almost all around the world, not quite every continent. Um, whoops, what happened? Okay. <laughs> Do I have hope of it coming back up? Okay. Um, current locations are in Jamaica with ASL, Peru with Spanish, and Egypt with Arabic. Um, we also have a number of courses that are going, uh, uh, sites that are going on right now where we don't have students, and those would be up there, but they're not. Um, a domestic SST. We have a group uh, going to, the domestic SST is here in the Goshen area, uh, a new program. We have a group going to Tanzania in the spring. We have uh, students in China, uh, going to China, not there right now, Cambodia. Help me out. Senegal, thank you, um, in Senegal. So what will you experience if you're a student going on SST? Um, the people. As I look back at my experiences and I talk to my own students on SST and hear students coming back who oftentimes visit me in my office, which I very much enjoy, they talk about the people. It doesn't matter if you were in an ugly location, if you were in a part of the world that was absolutely beautiful, 
it's the people that made SST for you. Um, whether it's in um, an orphanage working with children, whether it's in a school, whether it's climbing the Andes, oh, I wish you could see these pictures, um, <laughs> or whether you choose to be on a domestic SST here in Goshen, it will be the people that you will remember. Um, one of our faculty, I don't know if he's here this morning, I've got a faculty picture here of someone back in the 80s. Um, and I was going to let you guess to see if you could figure out who it was. It isn't me. Um, well, it's hard to imagine for many of you that you would ever say goodbye to family and friends. Um, I can almost guarantee you that it's almost just as hard to say goodbye to the people that you've gotten to know on SST, wherever you are. It's a great opportunity to learn more about the country that you're going to be living in as well as learn about yourself. And that's maybe the most important. So we look forward to hearing from the group that just returned from Nicaragua. And I will turn the um, program over to you folks at this time. Good morning, I'm Kristen Steiner, a senior. And I'm Ann Lehman, a junior. And this summer we were both part of the Nicaragua SST. And most of our group is here, but we're missing a few this morning. And um, yeah, we went to Nicaragua. And as you can see on the map, Nicaragua is in uh, the center of Central America. It's circled here on the map. And for the first part, we, here's another close-up of Nicaragua. And for the study, oh, you should tell who our leaders were. Our leaders were um, Jean Lichty and Michael Dickens. And their son, Conrad, was there as well. And he's a third grader this year. So he, he'll pop up in some pictures later. Um, but you can see from this picture, um, for the first half for study, our group stayed in the department of Carrazo. Um, which is the orange department by the arrow. And specifically, we were in the cities of Hinotepe, Dolores, and Diriamba. Um, and none of them are the capital city. The capital city is Managua. But um, these three cities were in close proximity to each other and provided a good place for our first six weeks. So um, now I'm going to tell just a short story about um, one of the exciting events we got to experience together as a group during the first six weeks of study. Um, during the first six weeks of study, one of the more exciting groups was a series or a soccer night of Nicaragua versus the Gringo soccer games held at a local soccer field featuring artificial turf and night lights. A night of soccer like this had been played by the SST group two years before us, and during my stay, the host, my host dad often reminisced to me about the Goshen versus Nicaragua soccer game that he had played in two years before. For him, it was one of his favorite memories of past SST groups, and he never failed to tell me how funny it was that even Maria Sherig, the leader's wife, had gone out on the field and played too. After multiple times of bringing up this story to me, he finally got the courage to ask me if maybe it would be possible to have a soccer game like that again. The SST group versus the host families and friends. After asking my fellow students, I reported back that yes, we would love to have a soccer game. And after splitting up the cost to rent the field and deciding on a night, the face-off was set. 
The night of the games, everyone in the group that could make it, I think it was about like 16 or 17 out of the 18 of us, walked over to the field together in our exercise clothes and in varying states of excitement. I think some of us were a little more excited than others <laughs> to show or reveal our lack of soccer skills. But as the evening played out, I think both the host families and friends and ourselves really began to just enjoy the games and enjoy each other in a setting that brought out more similarities than differences for a change. Um, we were able to see similarities such as a love of sports, a love of exercise, and just an enjoyment of cheering on each other. And um, I've always had a hard time remembering like the scores and sport of sports and games. And honestly, I don't remember um, who won each game. But even if there wasn't a concrete decision on who had won, judging by the amount of times I saw reenactments and heard stories about the soccer game from our SST group for the rest of my time with my host family, I would say it was probably a success for both sides. I'm Ruben Maldonado Nofziger. And I'm Austin Miller. And right away when we got to Nicaragua, we started about hearing how different the Nicaraguan East Coast was from the West Coast. And since we were on the West Coast, we had no clue what the East Coast was all about. So about halfway through the study portion of our trip, we went out to Pearl Lagoon. And this was about a six hour bus ride and then what should have been a two and a half hour boat ride to uh, Pearl Lagoon. But, you know, of course, it went a little bit longer than that, and some of us got some bumps and bruises along the way, and others lost hair or got bloodied up on the boat. And that might have just been me. But then, <laughs> once we got to Pearl Lagoon, we were in complete shock. It was like we were stepping off into a different country. And you can see here, this is the pier that we stepped off to. Like, we thought we were in Jamaica. Everybody was speaking Creole. We, you know, we, we didn't know if we should speak Spanish or English or just keep nodding like we had been doing for <laughs> the entire trip beforehand. But then we settled down the next day, the next day in this house, well, some of us, and this is where our lecture took place too. And it was given to us by Johnny Hudson. And we were really surprised that we got him because he was the chair of the Rights and Resources Initiative in Nicaragua, and that dealt a lot with the autonomy of the East Coast. And I'm just going to show like, you. Like Austin said, Johnny Hudson spoke uh, about the differences of the East Coast, and among them were just like the traditional food, gallo pinto, is um, rice and beans. And that's pretty simple, but like on the East Coast, instead of it just being like straightforward like that, they made it with coconut milk, which, and that was like really tasty in itself. Um, the languages on the East Coast were mainly English compared to the Western Spanish that we had been um, experiencing for like four, four or six weeks. Um, and then there were also differences in the music and sports because on the West End, they'd play baseball. But when we got to the East side of the country, um, they were really into their basketball. So that was, that was really interesting to see. The East Coast Creole culture developed um, following the slave trade uh, way, way back when. And so like since that point on, the East Coast has struggled to gain full appreciation from the Western, Western um, coast. So Johnny emphasized the gains that the movement was making in 
regaining community ownership of, of the land there and its goal of attaining fully, uh, fully autonomous Atlantic region. Yeah, and this is a picture from Pearl Lagoon and as you can see, it was nice. <laughs> I'm Alicia Bender. I'm Daniel Driver. Lisa Weaver. I'm Greta Breckville. And our group came up with a couple of things and experiences that remind us and will give you guys a look at our time in Nicaragua. It's you know you were on Nicaragua SST 2010 if and when, when Nicaragua, Nicaraguita pops into your head at random moments. If you enjoyed watching Jean, Michael, and Conrad avoiding the heat in their safari hats. If you know exactly what Gallo Pinto is, whether you like it or not. If Kristen Steiner has documented your entire experience with over 1,000 photos. <laughs> when you know how hard it is to translate a pop song into Spanish. If going to bed at 7.30 p.m. isn't all that unusual. If you're amazed at how cheap peanut butter is in the United States. If hot water is some kind of long lost dream, does it even exist anyway? When you no longer count or care to notice the number of bug bites you receive in a given day. When you have to give Jean daily updates about your intestinal status. <laughs> when you live in the city and still wake up to roosters crowing. If your host family's portrait has been photoshopped into a castle backdrop. When your clothes smell worse after you wash them. And finally, you know you were on Nicaragua SST 2010 when adios doesn't only mean goodbye, but also hello, hello ladies, and my favorite, ow, ow! My name is Isaac Yoder Schrock, and I'll be reading a poem from one of our uh, fellow SSTers. Uh, he's no longer here. He graduated right after he was finished. And so this was one part of his final project for SST, which is a part of the final uh, culmination of the academic part of the component that Dean Rhodes was talking about. And so he interviewed um, a number of host mothers of his, the first and the second, and uh, a couple of other women in the community. And uh, this is called Aura's Anger. This Madre Soltera and daughter of another, shakes her head like caoba branches in a tropical wind at the thought of holy matrimony. She knows God is with her, and she tries to do what is right, but what catechism said was not what life taught. Her abuela planted the seed that grew as the kingdom of heaven with its tangled electric branches stretching from her skull to the sky. Good thing, too, she needed something to root her to the ground so she couldn't float away like her father did when she was two. He drifted back through for an hour once, this man who gave her life and nothing more, to say hola, adios, and maybe what a pretty girl you've become. These words made her glow once, and if you see her now, you'd think she's glowing still. But try that move 
that almost subtle compliment, and she'll sing Hyena's song and dance away. And so she keeps her distance, raises her daughter and son alone. No help from father gone, nor yet from the cathedral, whose vaunted walls her hijos spurn, with her sour mouthed blessing. She says, all things change, poco a poco. Pero Dios, que duro. So Isaac touched on a little bit of our service portion, and while we were all together for study, we were spread out to these different locations for service. And we're going to be hearing some stories from that portion of SST. I'm Anna Yoder, and I spent service in Leon, which you can see the star um, kind of in the northwestern part of the country. For my final project, I chose to write a paper about the workings of the informal economy, which employs about 60% of the population of Nicaragua. Because there is so much unemployment and underemployment, people find many other sources of income, much of it based in commerce. Vendors on the street sell everything from food like tajadas con queso, or fried plantain chips, to CDs and DVDs, clothing, or shoes. Other people have small convenience stores, run roadside bike repair shops, sell stands of fruits and vegetables in the market, or do seamstress work out of their own home. The list is unending. As I interviewed people, I was impressed by both the difficulty of many people's economic situations and the creativity involved in how they make a living. One woman I interviewed was named Angela, and I'd like to tell you her story because my experience of talking with her stretched me. While I was on service in Leon, a university city of about 100,000 people, I often passed her jewelry and hair accessory stand. One day, I bought earrings from her, initiated a conversation, told her about my project, and asked her, a perfect stranger, if I could interview her. When she said yes, I returned the following week and sat down beside her, behind her stand, ready to look out, of, look out at the street with new eyes. Two hours later, this is what I learned. Doña Angela, like I said, works as a street vendor, selling jewelry and women's hair accessories in front of one of Leon's supermarkets. She has sold this line of merchandise in this area of Leon since 2002. Every morning, she wakes up at around 4 a.m. to get ready for the day and come into the center of Leon, where she collects her merchandise from a storage place three blocks away and sets up her stand to begin selling by 7 a.m. In the course of a day, about 80 people will walk by and pause to browse and ask about her merchandise, but only three or four of those people will make purchases, although I witnessed two purchases in the two hours that I was there, so obviously some days are better than others. Every eight days, or if business is slow, every 15 days, Angela travels to Managua, the capital city, to buy more merchandise in the sprawling Mercado Oriental, the largest market of its kind in Central America. When it rains, she stays home. Her stand's cloth overhang offers shade protection, but wouldn't keep her or her merchandise dry in a downpour. 
What are her challenges? The economy, she answers without hesitation. It's very hard. Commerce is low because there is little work. As for politics or politicians, they don't see you or hear you, she says, expressing bitterness that she was refused a shop in the newly constructed enclosed market directly across the street from where she sells in the open air. But no one is going to take me from here, she declares, going on to explain that it is relatively unlikely that city officials would evict her from her spot in the near future anyway, since Nicaraguan politicians want to appease voters for the upcoming elections in 2011. Does she like her work? Yes, because this is how she survives. But I'm bored with this line of merchandise, she says. It sells too slowly. Come November or December, in just a couple of months now, she plans to invest in shoes and clothing instead, in the hopes that it will provide her both a larger and a more steady income. Doña Angela doesn't mince words, especially when describing politics or the state of the Nicaraguan economy. But she also has a clear plan for improving her situation in the future. Overall, in interviews with Doña Angela and others, I found that while Nicaragua's informal economy reflects the stark lack of economic opportunity elsewhere, it also reflects the perseverance and the commercial ingenuity of its people. And that is certainly something to celebrate. As Anna said, one of the uh, best parts about the service portion of SST and about all of SST in general is uh, just the connections you make with people on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm going to tell uh, just a funny little story about a uh, connection that Lisa Weaver made with her host mom. Uh, we were both in Matagalpa on our service portion, and one day we decided to go tour a chocolate factory that was up in the mountains. While we were there, a tour guide started explaining to us, all in Spanish of course, about uses of chocolate in other new products, including what Lisa thought she said was chocolate cologne. Lisa's mom kind of half-jokingly asked to her, Oh, Lisa, do you know about that stuff? And Lisa responded, Si, que rico, which is kind of a catch-all for, yeah, it's great. Um, the trouble was the guide was actually talking about chocolate-flavored condoms. <laughs> and so L Lisa accidentally told her mom, Yeah, I know, I know all about those. They're delicious. <laughs> So Horst, I did not say that. Um, <laughs> but um, on my service assignment, I was out in the Campo, um, which is the countryside. And um, knowing that I was going to be there, I decided to do an untraditional kind of final project, um, knowing that I probably wouldn't have a whole lot of access to the internet, all that kind of stuff to do research and all that kind of stuff. So what I ended up doing was making a book of Nicaraguan songs that I heard um, from the people that I was living with, um, any of the people that I was around. And so one of these songs um, was entitled Ru Rueda. And I learned this from the two neighbor girls that were um, 
lived right next door, um, Jenny and Joelka. And so I'm actually going to have the group um, kind of demonstrate this little game song that we learned. Um, and you guys can also sing along. So if the group will form the circle in the middle. So this is how it goes. Um, I'll sing it for you one time, um, myself doing the actions, and then you guys can sing along the second time when the group actually does them together. All right? Radar, radar, happened right um, <laughs> so this is a game um, and the little neighbor girls of course the first time I'm like what is going on um, but after figuring it out after a while so we're singing about all the actions and we're doing the actions of what's happening um, this silly action right here um, that's people washing their clothing um, as if you were actually out in the compo washing um, on one of the big um, cement, lavadora. Um, and so then after they all go around and um, Austin was patting the heads and what happens is then the last person that gets touched is out. And so then you continue playing until everyone's out and um, it's just a great time. So thank you all for listening. You guys can sit down. <laughs> 